0: Ladies and gentlemen, good evening.
1: This is Daniel Ricardo, and this is 365 Days of Sport.
2: 365 Days of Sport.
0: Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of 365 Days of Sport, the greatest sports radio show on the planet. And I'm pleased to tell you, Officially, it is our two-year second birthday. It is show number 104. Now, if you times 52 by 2, you do get 104, and that means it is a treble 20 and uh, a four and a double top. That's the eight <laughs> shot because my maths is top-notch. If you follow your darts, you know what I'm talking about. You could go other ways, I reckon. Uh, probably treble 18 bull uh, if you're a darts aficionado. My name is Kieran Beefy-Blake, I'm the world's biggest sports fan, that's official, just ask Guinness. And with me this week, because Rob has decided to go to Tasmania, Gavin Ingham has decided that he's going to be a comedian, so he's doing a warm-up gig for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Yes, Gav, the most unfunniest man on the planet, has got a gig doing comedy. Just let that sink in for a while, because we have him on the show nearly every other week, and he's just not that funny. Uh, no, good luck, Gav, and uh, hopefully the international comedy season will go very well. That's coming up in Melbourne very shortly. And I've got to thank Daniel Ricardo because uh, obviously he's a big fan of the show, and he's in Melbourne town this week for the Formula One Grand Prix that is uh, kicking off the season in Albert Park this weekend. Daniel Ricardo in the new bright leather uh, Kevlar's, and don't call them leathers or racing suits anymore, Kevlar's, Paul. Kevlar's, is it? Kevlar's is the uh, is the phrase. Um Danny Ricardo, r- riding. Uh I, I just love my bikes too much. Driving <laughs> for Renault this year. And so, Robs away, Gav's away. I have brought in what an able substitute. Straight <laughs> off the bench. He's from well, I'm going to say in between Worcester and Birmingham. Is That's that
1: it. close enough? That's about right, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mr. Paul Tooby. Now Paul Tooby... Would probably, uh, what's a, the a word I was going to say? Would probably challenge my world's biggest sports fan, uh, Monica, because this is a man that supports so many teams. <laughs> Yeah, he is the Robert Maxwell of uh, modern-day sport, I think. <laughs> that's a very niche reference, by the way, for non-Brits and uh, non-people under 40, essentially. So, Paul Tooby, hashtag lone fan. by the way. that's uh, If you look up hashtag LoneContaFan on the internet, uh, you will find pictures of Paul Tooby everywhere.
1: Absolutely, yeah, that was my, uh, uh, w- w- one of a few moments of fame I've had as a sports fan that came, a f- that came a few weeks ago. All I did was stay up late watching Joe Con to play tennis, but, uh, suddenly it was all over the internet. Yeah you just got to have a flag and uh, some some, St. George's flag uh, glasses. And and, and before you know it, you're a minor celebrity. Hashtag Lone Conta fan. (laughs) Hashtag Lone Conta fan.
0: It's got its own Reddit thread as well, hasn't it?
1: That's right. There's all kinds of debate about that. Should I have been up that late? Should I have had a St. George's flag when she tends to represent Great Britain? I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Well,
0: you're uh, talking (laughs) the right language for me. She definitely should represent England. Not that there's any Welsh tennis players. I think... um, when I was doing another radio show with a, uh, a tennis aficionado, I actually got asked the question, "Who is Wales's number one ranked tennis player?" And we found him; he was Mister Evan Hoyt, yes. and he was at the time eleven hundred and fifty fifth in the world.
1: He's actually got a little bit higher than that. He's he's he's, he's got within that top thousand, maybe oh. even up towards the top five hundred. You do see him on the odd uh, challenger um, uh, yeah. he uh, tournament. He was
0: he was battling injury, and that's why he ended up at eleven fifty five. So
1: the um, big uh, Welsh. Uh, Tennis star, well, very briefly, probably going back 20 years now, was a guy named Ian Flanagan who got through a couple of rounds at Wimbledon one year. And uh, I think we had
0: one that beat somebody at Queen's as well in kind of uh, early 2000s, I think.
1: Right, yeah, um, uh, yeah. That'd be. I think it's Milton. Was it? Was it Josh Milton? Ooh, maybe could have been someone like yeah, that. You do yeah. get. You do get the odd one who, when you drill down through Wikipedia, you find there's a bit of Welshness there. There's yeah. a, that that Union Jack's not giving us well, enough detail. Well, we want to you know? claim
0: Dan Evans
1: because that is one of the most Welsh names. So we just want him. <laughs> it's it, it's an extremely Welsh name. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, he's he's not, even, not even the only Dan Evans that, that, that I know. There's, yeah, a, there's, very there's true. There's a few of them out there, um, and, and most of them Welsh. But uh, but no, I'm, I'm definitely going to claim him for England because he's a brummy boy. He's, oh, is he? he? he yeah, he's an nice. local lad around my way. So yeah. you're definitely not having him. No.
0: So w- w- there is a challenge out there to find the highest-ranked Welsh player. Funnily enough, as you know, uh, Tubes, uh, I went to university in Texas, mm-hmm. and the University of North Texas tennis team, their okay. number one player, was from Cardiff. Really? Quite unbelievably I went to university in Texas and the tennis team. He was at the time probably Welsh number 1. Wow. A guy called John Jonathan Lloyd. Weirdly enough.
1: Oh well, I mean, yep. the, the Lloyd's you're probably going to start claiming if you um, David Lloyd, L- Lloyd's from back in the day as oh, Welsh. But claim them all, Harold Lloyd. Not, not sure we can allow that either. <laughs> no, no. But this is why you've got to watch out for these Americans who in- invite players from all over the world to, to play in their colleges. Yeah. And before you know it, they've come through the system. If yep. they're doing well, they'll stick a stars and stripes flag on. No. Them. Yeah, we, we want to make sure people know that guy's Welsh. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah,
0: so big yellower John Lloyd. He's, I'm sure he's listening. Uh, he lives in Switzerland now, I
1: think. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I don't know why. I'm sure it's not for tax reasons at all.
0: Uh, he was he was trying to get involved with finance and things, doing some big deals. Indeed, you know, got to do something after your sport career, haven't you?
1: Yep. <laughs> so I did preview very briefly the uh, Formula One coming up. You're a big, you're a Formula One fan. Love my Formula One. Um, get, I get excited at the start of every season. Um, I thought you were
0: going to say the start of every race, and then <laughs> thought, yeah, then after two laps it's pretty boring.
1: No, it's it, it's great that Australia has has the first race of the season because. Yeah. I love trying to work out and what all the moves have been, what the new teams are, and they're all in different colours. And trying yep. to work out is—is is that the same team by a different name? And yeah. Th- this year, the one you got got to get your head around is that Alpha Romeo have turned up, but but that's just Salba, and they and, and and they've rebadged. Isn't there a Stroll team now as well? Are they, uh, I think they've invested in Force India, so Force India oh, um, yeah. aren't called that anymore. Um, I don't think they've got Stroll in the name, but they, they yeah, but, but they've got some new name as well. So yeah. that's what used to be Force India, right? Um, but but they're going to be struggling initially, not least because I think they might have put Lance Stroll in one of the cars, so that, that that's not going to yeah. help them. But yeah, there's going to be this this huge mid table because you, you got you got a lot of good drivers, a lot of decent cars, Every, everyone's improving at the same time. Um, so lots of battles to, to to finish in those six, seven, eight, nine, ten places, yeah. but then pretty much. the the same guys up at the top.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I I came up with this term a few years ago. Mm. Formula One is the chicken parmigiana of sport. Especially (laughs) when you live in Melbourne because when you go to a pub and you fancy dinner, uh huh. you read through the menu and you generally end up with the chicken parma
1: yeah you walk in there saying I'm going to have something else this time I'm not going to be predictable yeah you look at everything else but then you realise well there's the value it's what I'm used to it tastes good I'm That's just right. going to go with it again and
0: Formula 1 is one of those things which it's on in Melbourne you think oh I'm not going to go this year and then Back two days before the Grand Prix, it comes on the TV, you mm. see a few interviews, you think, oh, I'll go, it. I might as well go, it's on.
1: And then you wish you'd gone with the early bird price a few weeks ago and you should have just known it was going to happen, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> it is, it is
0: the chicken parmigiana sport, you just end up doing it. That's have right. Have you been to any other, I know you travel the world, have you been to any others apart from Melbourne?
1: Um, any other Grand Prix? Yeah. No, no, I haven't, no. Okay. Haven't even been, been, to, been to Silverstone because it, it's one of those really inaccessible Grand Prix. it's a nightmare to go to. Yeah, I, it is I, a bit. Where I'm from is uh, relatively close to the racetrack, but I say relatively close because you head down the motorway and then just spend hours down these country lanes. And on on on, on race day, it's an absolute traffic nightmare. So lots of people just just tend to avoid it. Really,
0: yeah. I, I never went to the British Grand Prix. I went to Donington for the uh, Superbikes when Foggy was uh, oh, legendary. When he was ruling the of Superbikes. Oh, I love the Superbikes. Fantastic. Then. I've yeah. been to Bahrain. Oh yeah, you've been I went to, that to the one. first ever Bahrain Grand Prix. I see. 444 it was. 4th of April 2004. Well remembered. Um it was It's easy.
1: amazing to think that race has been around for for that long now. So it's yeah, been 15 years. Um they flew a yeah. jumbo
0: jet down the home straight. There you go. Yeah, golf air. Nice
1: ostentatious show of wealth. Yeah. yeah
0: it was. And they paraded the um the king's collection of military vehicles as well before the race. See. Oh, it's great.
1: Never let it be said that, the, that these small rich nations are using sport as a PR exercise. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, you were clearly taken in by it all. That sounds yeah, fantastic. Uh, and I've been... We, Abu Dhabi obviously, myself
0: and Rob did uh, 365 days of sport in Abu Dhabi. Indeed, you did, didn't you? Yeah.
1: Um, and...
0: Talk about bucket lists and things. I I do want to do Monaco just for the reason it's one of the only street circuits left and, Mm. uh, you know, just the pomp and ceremony around Monaco.
1: I think uh, think the reason that you want to do the Monaco Grand Prix is that if you are... In a place where physically you've got a decent view of the race, then you've been invited to quite an amazing party, <laughs> and you're surrounded by incredibly rich and glamorous yeah, people. So I think so. It's, it's worth just trying to get there, isn't it? I think yeah. I think
0: that well, it's, you know, as as collectors of sports events, but between myself and you, I think uh, Monaco is up there. Absolutely. I, I drove around Kyalami. Oh yeah. In South Africa, Johannesburg.
1: I see yeah for no track. reason how long is it since they've had the race there I remember it it would have it. been a long time well it went away and then I think it came back briefly in the 90s but, but, but oh, did it but, oh, but, I think you might but, be right but, yeah but, but maybe only for a few years yeah, but yeah it'd be good to, to have, to have yeah, one there again yeah
0: I'm trying to think uh, what else I've done.
1: I visited the Nürburgring. That was all uh, very impressive. Yeah, when they do have Formula One there, it's on a much reduced circuit compared to the the, um, original track, which is absolutely vast. Right. I I reckon they'd only need about 10 laps of of, of that original track (laughs) and and they have completed a Formula One race. That's right. It was
0: pretty huge, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, Me and I went to um,
1: Austin. Oh, yeah. Of course, you've uh, travelled the States. That's what we looked at. I I, I, I can't imagine that, that... that you'd feel sort of um, a lot of a sense of, of history there. That it would, no, there's no history yeah, there at all. N- not a great deal of soul to the place. No.
0: No. It's quite interesting, actually, because uh, we went to see MotoGP there. Mm. Uh, at the end of the straight is a really steep hill. Was that right? You, which you can't see on TV. You it doesn't get, you yeah. get no
1: sense of gradient when, no. you, when you watch it on TV? And it's quite it's, amazing. It's, it's a bit similar to the golf actually, when yeah. you, you need those 3D graphics to show you that the green is actually undulating yeah. all over the place. And it's it's just the same with with, with some of those inclines on on, on yeah. the racetrack.
0: So uh, yeah, that was the the most striking thing about Austin was the, the fact that at the end of the straight is a really steep hill. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Well, I'm assuming the bikes go the same way around as the cars?
1: Yeah, I've I never know. thought of that, but I'm pretty sure, yeah these, yeah, these tracks are set up to go, it's the way they're, the way they're designed, is the yeah. guys thinking that you're going to go a certain way around the track, yeah. if they suddenly reverse it, it's going to confuse everybody. No, that's very true, yeah. that's very true. Abu
0: Dhabi is an interesting one, it's normally now the end of the season, Abu mm. Dhabi, last one.
1: Yeah, I think it's time quite well to, to 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 go along with a couple of other sporting events in the same part of the world. I think I think that's when the Dubai uh, Rugby Sevens goes on. So, because yep. my uncle made a bit of a trip of that. I was I was quite jealous of him. He yeah, told yeah. me last year when, well, he did, when he did the Sevens and the Grand Prix and that's a fantastic holiday. Oh,
0: no, that's and I'm going to tell you now. Mm. I've been to the Hong Kong Sevens. Oh yeah. I've been to the a few Sevens tournaments. Las Vegas Sevens I've been to. Yes, Dubai Sevens is the best one. Really? I'm I'm putting it out there. If if there is a bucket list sevens event, everyone says Hong Kong. Now they do, don't they? Yeah. They do. Hong Kong is a bit of a party,
1: and but you, and you'd think that
0: Las Vegas would be up there as well. Vegas is good, uh-huh. but the problem is Vegas's stadium is a about 10 mile out of the Strip. Right? I did
1: notice that, because it, it was last weekend. It was, yeah. This year, and, uh, and the, the camera pans back from the stadium. You've got a, a beautiful view. You're in some, the middle of the desert. Some, some craggy mountains in the background, yeah, yeah. but you realise this is And i tell you what, nowhere.
0: when the sun goes down on the night games, oh, yeah. it's bloody cold. I see. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's, it's the desert, isn't it? It There's is. It no is cloud to trap the heat. freezing.
1: It's, which is not what you go to Vegas for, no, is it? And you see all these big
0: Samoans and Polynesian guys wearing a singlet and a pair of shorts and flip-flops. You think they're and suffering. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll tell you what they the year we went they sold out very quickly of jumpers as soon as yeah. that sun went they, they, Those... they, on the friday night they all went it was that cold
1: emergency purchases of yeah. warm of, sports merch. oh Sevens memorabilia uh, from... I, yeah i'm sure all of the all of the long sleeve warm sports merch mostly only gets bought because it's g- an emergency g- on the day no i yeah. agree with you there totally um so but dubai now mm.
0: i did say about the Vegas Sevens been a bit out of the strip. The uh, Dubai Sevens is fifty kilometers out of Dubai.
1: Yes, but because I've I've been to the top of the, uh, Ber- oh the Burj, yeah. yeah, the, the old Burj, and uh, obviously the main thing I was interested in was looking out the window and picking out all the sports stadiums yeah, that I've yeah. seen on TV. Where's the cricket? Where's yep. where does it all happen? And yeah, I I, I Can't did, did not it. get a look at anywhere no. where they'd be holding it's, the rugby sevens. It's
0: quite near the Camel Racetrack, by the way.
1: I see. Yeah, quite okay. near there,
0: but. It's fifty k's out of town. Dubai is a dry country, don't forget. Mm. But when the sevens are in town, it's basically a free license to people to be to misbehave in the eyes of the sheikh uh, royalty. I
1: see, and and because it's a rare opportunity, yeah, then once a year, yeah, people people really fill their boots, today. Oh, they, mate? <laughs>
0: they go crazy, thirty thousand people. Yeah. But the they're not locals. Obviously, they're put on the event, so mm. obviously all the blow-ins, expats, yeah. They put on a show. It is rocking for three days solid. So not only do they have a sevens tournament, men's and women's. Yeah. They put on a netball tournament. They put on some community sevens and tens I see. events. I
1: didn't know about all that.
0: Place goes crazy, and
1: wow. the tunes are going,
0: and the stands are just put up stands. Meccano set basically, yeah.
1: and it is crazy.
0: The atmosphere is phenomenal,
1: unbelievable.
0: Um, and it's it always it excites me the fact that. Uh, you know, it's. I think it was sponsored by Heineken, and uh-huh. yet it's a dry country. But <laughs> they know that's why the stadium's 50Ks out of town. Yep. They just get on it, and it's madness. They just think, come over here where the shake can't see you. And I'll tell you what I do. Um, on our Facebook page, 365 Days of Sport, I will replay. I will put up a copy of uh, the show myself and Rob did from The, the Sevens. Sounds worth a and look. And the interviews we did at the end of lots of people... <laughs> very very drunk sums it up there's people in fancy dress Rob interviewed a horse <laughs> at one stage couldn't understand Irish guy but the other thing is, it's like an old school stadium where you can literally stand on the fence next to the pitch, right, right up close. Yeah, like uh, like where Worcester Warriors play. Yeah, like, like at Sixways,
1: you can get, yeah. get right in there next to the field. Exactly right, and yeah. you get that
0: feel of though you're right in the action. So it's not like your you know proper stadium, Hong Kong. You're miles away from I the see, action. See, yeah. so it is. It, it needs to be on your bucket list because I know it's not cheap, but mate, it You've is got a to do party. These things haven't you? Yeah. And Hong Kong is only one stand. Is the South Stand is the party stand? Everyone gets in fancy dress. You know, right. it's crazy. It is. What's mad. going on on the other three sides of the? Well, that's a bit more corporate. Yeah, one end hardly anyone even in the, the end. You come in. I see. Uh, everyone goes down the other end. Now right. Dubai, all four stands are full the and rocking. It is. It is crazy. I can't that's stress enough. Rob always says about the Wellington Sevens used to be good, but they've moved it to Hamilton.
2: That's right. And yeah.
0: nobody. Oh well, that's I think the they had a better there. crowd this year. Yeah, I mean, you've got to start time. and you've got to build these things up. But well, I think Rob was to. even saying the last year at Wellington, they even banned drinking or something ridiculous. <laughs> it just, you can't have a sevens tournament without drinking. Someone
1: had probably ruined it for everyone the previous yeah. year. And then, well, I think yeah. you're on the money there, on the money there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, good. it's always good to know there's interesting stuff happening in Dubai because obviously yes. there's occasionally a visit home that's got to be done and uh, that's somewhere you can you can stop off on, on the way. No, and it is. we make a weekend. Me and Rob,
0: it, so. uh, during 365 Days of Sport, me and Rob were there in Dubai for three and a half weeks and I was... Blown away by what you could actually see. There was a badminton World Series event oh, on yeah. at the same time. We went to the Formula One powerboats. Oh yeah, that was on the kind of the same weekend as the as the, Grand, as the Formula One Grand yeah. Prix. What kicked off when we were there was the what they call the X Cats or the Super Cats boating, which is a different, uh, like a catamaran-style powerboat thing. Right. Which is, um, Baz Luhrmann's brother drives for Australia in that X-Cats World Series. There's a fact. There you go, Brett (laughs) Luhrmann. Brett Luhrmann. Yeah, I interviewed Brett, he's a great guy. I see. Fantastic. So they love the X-Cats. There
2: we
1: are all thinking that Baz Luhrmann's the most successful. No, Brett Luhrmann. No, exactly. (laughs) Um,
0: What else did we see? We saw the World Interschool Skipping Championships. Okay, you, that was huge.
1: <laughs> you might be losing me a little bit there because I only prefer kind of adult elite skipping. And that's hey, a, that's hey. Just at school level. world so indoor really skipping tournament. Yeah, not sure it's going to get busted. Um, what else
0: do we see? Well, it was the world air games when we were on. I'm not sure that's an annual event. I think it's every few years or whenever they can be bothered doing it.
1: The world air games. Air games, as yes. in sort of airplanes
0: or airplanes. Right. Okay. There were gyrocopters. Um, that's different from a helicopter. There were is parachuting. It oh, that a gyrocopter is. Like a personal helicopter. It's got a fan on the back right. and a big oh, okay. rotor. Yeah,
1: It's like an ejector seat, but it stays up there. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, what wow. else
0: did we see? There was gliding championships. Lots yeah. of parachuting and skydiving, that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was the World Flyboarding Championships as well. So if you know what flyboarding is, is when you strap those jets to your feet. Uh-huh. And you do loops and circles and stuff. I have seen a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, flyboarding. It was quite amazing to see. Oh, it was the World Tempin Bowling Championships as well when we were there.
1: Wow. Good. So stuff. we
0: for three three and a bit weeks, me and Rob were doing stuff every day. They like are, new, different sports.
1: They are organised. I mean, I, I I'd noticed way back where, that uh, you know they got a big tennis tournament, they have got a big golf tournament. Yep. and I thought, oh yeah, they're they're getting involved. And and some of these these cities and and the, these, yeah, yeah. these these countries like the UAE, they think right that we want to bring these these tournaments, these events here, and they'll just just get, go through a list yeah. of sports and tick them I'll off. Bring and say, them in. What haven't we got yet? Yep. We'll have the world champs of that. Well, we'll
0: have- the other thing they do now in Dubai as well, or somewhere, and I think it's at Sports City, which is there, mm. is they they have a darts tournament there. But it's outdoors. Outdoor darts. Outdoor, well, there's hardly any winds in the desert yeah, again. But they play, They play. Still, uh, uh, I don't know what tournament it is. It might just be one of those weekend uh, Masters events. Yeah. I th- Actually, yeah. I think it is. I, I think it's the first leg of the World Masters Series. You know, they right. do those six events. The one in Melbourne. The one that comes here. Yeah. yeah. yeah so they do it outdoors. Year. I think it's actually on, a, on the tennis court. Okay, yeah. Because they've already got the stands there. So, yeah, uh, yeah pretty full on.
1: Interesting. Yeah, so
0: darts is there. Um, that, might,
1: that might be the only, or at least the biggest outdoor darts tournament. That, that, I think you might be on the, the money world. there. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think it is the biggest outdoor darts tournament there is. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, because yeah. I'm sure uh, they don't take the uh, the players championship in Blackpool to the beach.
1: No, they don't do that one under the tower, do they? No, so they, <laughs> could do it. Too.
0: Perhaps they should think about that in uh, in Melbourne.
1: Who knows? Why not?
0: Yeah. Why not? Changing the way the darts is perceived. I love a bit of. Uh, <laughs> action, cracking start to the show. Show 104, thank you to Mercedes, the best sportswear in Australia. Great quality, low prices, and if your club are interested in getting sportswear from Mercedes, they will even give you more money as sponsorship to buy more gear. That's how confident they are with their product.
2: So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song of Rom, because the words
0: don't fit, and the song is shit. You're a talent list you suck! Now Tubes. Yes. We do a section on this show called Worst Song in the World. You just heard the sting. It's Indeed. one of it's Rob's finest work there. <laughs> now we I know you're a massive Aston Villa fan.
1: Indeed. In the news this week. Finally. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All the wrong reasons for football reasons, but all the right reasons for what happened. Do you want to talk us through what happened on the weekend?
1: Well, it was the it was the the uh, Birmingham derby. Uh, we, we were away at Birmingham what? City. The solemn wolves. Uh, uh, no, the real Birmingham derby. The uh, second city showdown between yep. uh, us and the Blues. Uh, which is always a big game, uh, always a bit of tension, a bit of aggro. But uh, yeah, the stakes got raised pretty early. I think it was less than 10 minutes in when yeah. Birmingham City fan managed to uh, evade the steward. He f- first came into shot with the steward chasing after him in a rather futile manner. Um, and uh, ma- made a beeline for young Jack Grealish, our, our, our uh, talisman, our newly appointed captain. Our, Former our, Birmingham
0: our, City youth player.
1: Indeed, but he he finally made the right choice. Yeah, um, and uh, um, this bloke swung for him. Did from behind? From behind, just yeah. came up to him and uh, sort of put put one hand on his back and then and then just swung a fist rather well ham fistedly into the side of his face. Yeah, um, um, it, it would have uh, come as a hell of a shock to young Jack, but really didn't manage to manage to do any harm. No. Just uh, put him on the ground and then was quickly rounded on by officials, players, and all sorts, and uh, taken away and um, uh, escorted to a, a, a cell. Uh, underneath the stadium like yes. I imagine I think he's going to be uh,
0: I can give you the news 14 weeks jail
1: yes 14 weeks, 14 wasn't weeks it? which is pretty you know light well. considering you know, it's an assault. It's a very public assault, Yeah, um, and he's, he's certainly asking for trouble. He's been getting um, all kinds of uh, abuse on the internet. His yeah. name is out there. Paul it's, Mitchell. Uh, that is his I mean, name. Yeah. That's right. Um, so the uh, jail time will, will probably be the uh, least of his worries. I, 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 I don't want there to be any sort of further violence, but he's certainly going to be getting plenty of stick from all kinds of people. He got £350 um,
0: pound fine. That's, and a 10-year ban from football.
1: Yes, well, he, he won't be watching uh, um, any any football for a long time. But I did like, I mean, the, the, the number that I read was that he's actually got to pay £100 to, to Grealish.
0: Oh, as a, the old ABH uh, <laughs> fine.
1: I guess Not so. Talking
0: from uh, personal experience.
1: Uh, but yeah, re- reparations. So so, so so, Jack Grealish on his uh, contract of, I expect, tens of thousands a week. Yep. Uh, it's going to be... An extra hundred quid richer oh, as a result of, of what he's been through. Um, so if I'm, you've
0: not seen the footage of Paul Mitchell, he is wearing an abysmal hat as well when he jumps on the field.
1: That's right. I mean, he's he's obviously he's obviously planned planned this. He's planning to do it before the game's even yeah. started, I'm sure. So you would have thought he'd think very carefully about about what he was g- going to be wearing in his, and he in, his he chose that hat of fame. Yeah, I know, that's it, ridiculous. Con- a conscious choice. That he's I think made. the
0: funniest part of this, not that it's funny. I shouldn't say it's funny, but uh, when the stewards get him and the players come in and kind of reprimand him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His hat falls off, and as he's being led away, one of the players, one of the Villa players, picks his hat up and lobs it at him. <laughs> I didn't and from distance, that. yeah it's, it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, it was. So, uh, no, I don't yeah, condone. You can imagine him saying, "And it, take
1: your hat with you." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Take
0: your hat with you. Um, the best thing about this whole story is Jack Grealish went on to get the winner.
1: I, uh, yeah, that, that was one of my first thoughts. So as soon as I could see that Jack was clearly OK, if, yeah, he, yeah. if a little shocked, I thought, well, he's going to play a blinder now, isn't he? And uh, he scored the winner. And what a winner it was. Just a uh, fantastic uh, left-footed shot into the corner, made space beautifully. He's really turning he's, he's fulfilling his potential now, yeah. turning into a fantastic the, player um, for us. And we see, got the three points. So well, that's the main done. thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, what the other thing is, you don't kind of realise, unless you're a referee, hmm. if the Players actually retaliate or you know take matters into their own hands and punch him or kick him, yeah. They can actually get sent off for of violent conduct,
1: I expect. Uh, yeah, th- 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 that which th- that is that makes awful. total sense. Uh,
0: yeah, it well, it does and it doesn't,
1: but I expect, yeah, th- th- there'd, be, there'd be lines in, in the rule book telling the ref violent conduct's got to be punished, and yeah, there's yeah. nothing they're saying that that's against... only violent conduct against the other yeah, players. So... no,
0: violent conduct is violent conduct. If yeah. uh, you know, if you punch an in uh, a pitch invader. You mm. can get sent off, and it. has You would been feel done. a bit
1: harshly treated if you just if you just hold your own and maybe throw a punch back, and the yeah. next thing you see is a red card. Yeah, no, they... that's
0: it. It's whether
1: referees would enforce it or not. But the
0: problem is, they all get scrutinised and assessed mm. nowadays. And they well, you're not enforcing the rules. You didn't send him off for violent conduct. Got a job to do. Yeah, yeah they know there's an assessor in the stands. Bloody and... <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. we're going back to worst song in the world. Now this yeah. is songs, sports-related songs. It could be. I mean, we've grown up with FA Cup songs and England oh, World yeah. Cup songs and things Indeed. like that. They're all bad. We also have found a whole niche of sports stars releasing singles. There are more songs. than you realise, aren't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we found a perler from um, Jacques Villeneuve. Oh, yeah. Do you know Jacques Villeneuve's his story? He actually bought himself a cafe mm-hmm. in Montreal, possibly, or wherever he's from. I, I think, think he's Montreal, yeah, yeah. So he could perform with his band. Oh, wow. Russell Crowe style. Russell Crowe brought the Shamrock Hotel in Coffs Arbor, so uh, 30-odd footer grunts had somewhere to play on a Saturday so night.
1: So it's a bit like the old self-published novel, but yes. taking it to the next level. Next level, yeah. buying your own performance. So Jacques schedule. Villeneuve oh, uh,
0: yeah, bought a cafe so he could perform.
1: I see. Um, Paul, uh, not Paul Hunter. Uh,
0: Peter Ebden, oh. you would be familiar with. He yes. released a single.
1: He does not. He, of all snooker players, of all sneaker, it strikes yeah. me as the, the yeah. least likely to, <laughs> it's to not not exactly up the there with arts. snooker
0: loopy, nuts our way. no. <laughs> We had a belter from Phil the Power Taylor a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. With a, he did it with a German dance uh, producer. I um, brilliant. It's was it one of, of the best ones. Was
1: it based on his uh, entrance music sort of thing? Or?
0: Uh, kind of. I think it was uh, based around Stand Up If You Love The Darts, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of that. But we've found... This is the 104th show. I reckon we've probably got a, a back catalogue now of probably 100, 100 tunes. Fantastic. Lewis Hamilton has come out with some absolute oh, awful versions. Venus Williams tried to be a rapper. Really? Um, oh, they're all It just it. goes on and on. But I've got to play you this... Because you're an Aston Villa song, and I've I basically sought this out on the internet. I
1: wonder if I've heard. This. I'm trying to think. Well, I hope you be have, now.
0: because it is up there with worst songs in the world. Okay, I'm going to start playing it, Play it and uh, if you start crying tubes about 1982 <laughs> European Cup winners, I'm going to be very very wary. This is Aston Villa. That's who. <laughs> it wanting at this station.
2: <laughs>
1: He's keeping it simple,
2: yeah. <laughs> I knew
1: he'd mention that.
2: Building the layers of death. I'm <laughs> hoping it's building.
0: <laughs>
1: Get me the CD of this. This Yeah, fantastic. I can give you this copy. (laughs) Oh, here we go. See, there's more to it. It It's layers. It's layered. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I have a feeling there'd be some kind of pipe solo.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh. This I did not see coming. Oh, they've ramped it up. (laughs)
2: Oh. What? It
1: gets better. If, if the audience aren't joining in by now, they've got oh, no. no excuse. now
0: Well, there it is.
1: I want to thank you for for playing that to me, Beefy. I, um, I, I'm a bit confused as to why you've played it now in this particular segment because I, I think that's one of the finest musical experiences I've, I've ever had.
0: Um, Paul McGrath says, I love it. Well done. I hope to hear the whole end. Give it a lash soon and invoke some passion. Well, Congrats. It, 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 Says Paul McGrath.
1: He's always got an encouraging word. McGrath. Yeah. absolutely. I'm a
0: bit confused. Off the CD, oh, that's by the Villa Decree, by the way. That's what they called the band. Okay, three Villa fans. I see that love a bit of horn, uh, well, flute, clarinet, possibly even.
1: I just love the unashamed Scottishness of it. There was there was there was a yeah. real a real tartan sound to that. It I, was d- actually, I don't know yeah. if the fellas themselves are Scottish, but a lot of those guys who uh, founded the league for you, as the lyrics said, were, yeah. were all Scottish, and there were a handful of Scots in that in that 82 European Cup winning team. As well, so they're really oh, yeah. paying tribute to that with that sort of Edinburgh tattoo vibe <laughs> that the whole that the whole track's got.
0: And what concerns me is the second track of the CD is an instrumental version of that.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> Wow. I'm not going to play that version. <laughs> so what they've done there is taken a song with pretty much only one lyric and then just, removed that just remove that one lyric. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um they've also got a uh, match day edit. Okay. They've 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 actually wrapped it down to 2 minutes 58. And kept it short and sweet to, so yeah. that
1: the crowd can join in. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then um <laughs> O oh, to be a villain by Gary Nock.
1: Okay. I don't know about
0: Gary Nock. Uh, I haven't got that here, so uh, I'm not going to play it. But um, But Aston Villa, by the Villa decree, have now made it across the other side of the world. Uh, Allegedly, I think it was put together for, weirdly enough, the semi-final FA Cup game from 2015. I guess. I didn't know we were having semi-final songs from now on.
1: Well... I think when you're labouring near the bottom of the, of the division, as we were at that point, yeah. and coming up against Liverpool in a semi-final, you think we better do our song now because because oh. there's not going to be a cup final to make one for. But oh. uh, as it turned out, Grealish again, yeah. and uh, we uh, turned them over and went and got thrashed in the final instead. So hopefully they uh, reprised Aston Villa that too um, at Wembley. I'm for, sure for they the did. I've got yeah. a
0: surprise for you.
1: What's this?
0: This is Ampertane Primary School in Northern Ireland.
1: Okay. Aston Villa, Aston okay. We've always had a good Irish fan base. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's the Villa. That's who.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the whole school is kitted out in Villa Kids.
1: Oh, God bless them. <laughs> it should be on the curriculum in schools. This, this, oh, it this, is in Northern. No. This is this is football history. Kids need to know this. Okay.
0: They've forgotten the words already. All four (laughs) words. Aston Villa, that's who. Yeah, we'll just run that under. So, uh, yeah, Aston Villa, worst song in the world. That's,
1: That's up there. I think I, I think it's a gospel that needs to be preached further. I I, I I think it's a beautiful piece of music, and I'm going to be making sure that that, that more people hear it on this side of the world. Well, uh, mate, you've got a copy of the Villa Decree. What yeah. they've done, what they've done there, you see, rather than sort of composing lyrics in the, in the usual creative, poetic manner, is that they've turned to the inside front cover of, of an Aston Villa match day program. Yeah. You, you know that bit that every team's got that lists your achievements and the, yeah. re- the reasons that you're proud to that you're proud to, to, to be the club that you are. Yeah. And then they've just added Aston Villa that Sue after each of them. <laughs> And, then, and and then you've written a song, Bob's your uncle. Yeah. So I like how they've done that. It, um, this is the stuff that we indignantly say to people when they tell us we're not a big club, and yeah, yeah. you know, because obviously we we ought to be back in the Premiership. We will get yeah. there. It's where we belong. We're the biggest club in the Midlands, and, and people say, no, no, you're not. Well, because you're because as good as your last, the five biggest years, highlight
0: but, of Villa's season used to be just hosting the semi final FA Cup.
1: Absolutely, and then yeah. they took that away no, from I know. us. So.
0: Um, <laughs> They were selling that uh, CD for four quid, by the way. It was an official Wembley product. Well, there you go. Yeah. What's also uh, disturbing is the fact that there's still a full box left <laughs> on the photos that they're putting out. So, at, uh,
1: at, th- at that price, I'm amazed. I thought they'd all have been snapped up by now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you can download these things or just watch them on YouTube re- relentlessly like we are now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't imagine those Northern Irish school kids paid any royalties to the to, to, oh, to, to no, the Villa Decree. No, to the Villa Decree. Jeez.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> they're still eating out of bins. The old Villa Decree <laughs> didn't quite make their uh, make their millions off the back of that. They,
1: they were just happy to give their song to the world. It was all about the music. I for think them, they, they sure. were yeah. crazy,
0: crazy stuff. But I'm glad the Villa. I'm glad that you know you were coming on, and I had to find that uh, <laughs> just to make sure that that was part of our uh, show tonight.
1: It reinforces your knowledge that, 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 that whatever the whatever the topic, whatever the sport, whatever the team, you'll be able to find a song that, that, that you that you at least can accuse of being the, the, the worst song in the world. So. That's
0: exactly right. Mate, it's uh, World of Sport. Just turn upside down this week. Breakdancing has been proposed for inclusion oh, yeah. in the Paris 2024 Olympic Games.
1: I've read about this and I even fear it might actually happen. I'm, I'm, well,
0: the problem is... They had the Youth Olympics in Rio in 2018, and apparently breakdancing went down very, very well.
1: Yeah, so they're going for popularity again. Well, the actual
0: term is more... They're going to try and make the uh, Olympics more urban, more and more artistic
1: yeah which, which is which is going away from being more
0: faster higher stronger paul faster higher, there stronger. you go
1: exactly you keep it simple you you, you do you do sport you, you do what is definitely sport what is clearly measurable and what is generally pretty simple which is which does not involve standing yeah. on your head to music it, it's <laughs> it, it, it saddens me i mean
0: oh mate i'm i'm over it too uh, I really am. You've
1: got the X Games going along separately. Exactly everyone, right. Everyone loves that. That's fine. They yeah. can get on with it. They can do their break dancing there, and people who want to watch that can watch that. But 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 the Olympics is supposed to have a it's supposed to have a purity about it. I'm mean, I'm not even over so snow, you don't take, You yet, don't but,
0: take up. Break dancing to make the Olympics
1: exactly. That's not the dream of these people. It's not. I mean, no. the last thing they want is to be categorised and ranked, and, and 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 asked to take turns at an event where they'll then be judged. I assume. And don't get me started on sports. Well, that apparently,
0: judges. oh yeah. Well, I can mm. talk to you about that. uh Sports are quantitative, not qualitative. Exactly. I'm with you on that, too yeah. so I really am. I've, mm. yeah. Sports that need to be judged
1: are arts. That's right, and 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 anything where it's where it needs to be set to music, well, then you've gone a long way from yeah. from from. from what no, that's very is. true. Um, yeah. But it, though it's true what you say. If if the break dancers themselves. Um, surely, generally, people who who want to have some fun, be creative, not be restricted by by rules and rankings and scores, then why drag them into into sport and try and get them to get I in mean, line with, with 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 the structure of that? Yeah. It's something completely the, different.
0: The, the sitting on the fence one is boxing, and they've tried to make it quantitative by computer scoring.
1: Boxing judges. I don't, I don't see as, as, as judges in, in, in the sense that, say, figure skating judges are yeah. expressing an opinion. What boxing judges are doing is trying to keep the score and there is a subjectivity to that yeah, and, yeah. and there will be some disagreement and that's why you've got three of them or but, five of them or f- yes yeah but, now uh, but they're basically scorekeepers and i think that's the distinction from yeah. from being judges in the sense of yep. yeah making a qualitative assessment the uh, the one that kind of i mean gymnastics you struggle with diving is the other one gymnastics is is sort of one that I tend to make an exception for because it has it has a, it has a purity to it. It's like it's like an original sport. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a basic thing, and and it, and it's the sort of training from which a lot of sports stem. And it's a real test yeah, of yeah. the physical. It's faster, higher, stronger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, diving, though, no, that's that, that's that's far more on the creative side. It's 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 showing off in the air, jumping into water, and it's in there because the Chinese are good at it, and they've got a lot of a lot of strength for <laughs> the IOC. I mean, you look at the medal table and, and how high chi- China are yeah, yeah. on it. How many of those are, are medals for? Diving? Diving, which isn't what really most people are interested in when they watch the olympics
0: no it's very true yeah uh, not a fan they seem to be adding more and more diving events in yeah you know mixed synchro
1: Yep, because because the ioc have got the rules about how many sports there can be yep. and it's very hard for a new one to get in just ask just ask uh, anyone who, oh.
0: lo- who loves their squash ask i've just about to mention squash yep.
1: but but once a sport is in yeah, then they can they can keep adding as many events within that, or even disciplines well, within no. that. Well,
0: no, well they can and they can not because look at cycling; they've had to reduce the cycling medals.
1: There's just yeah, the, 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 there are some limits and, and yeah. quotas, but but yeah, you can get all these all these new diving events be, being added in. It's a lot easier to do that than it is to actually introduce yeah. a new sport. See which what might gets me is swimming. There. Still, I'm still uh-huh.
0: offended by swimming
1: by the number of medals one uh-huh.
0: and the fact that individuals can swim multiple events.
1: Yeah, and this is why with, with athletics the 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 justification for all the different events is that they're specializations, and what you're saying is yeah. that in swimming, not so much. You can have someone coming home with six medals, but but I think eight medals. I think when people when people complain about the situation with swimming, what what they're doing is is actually giving too much importance to the medal table, and we need we need to get away from the medal table yeah. because that is going to be skewed towards the nations who are good at the sports that give yeah, away yeah. lots of medals. Oh, exactly. I, I actually I actually sort of. You know, spreadsheeted an alternative medal table. Nice, um, where uh, you've got your twenty-eight sports. Yeah, and uh, you, you give them all equal weighting. So, which nation has has won at each sport? Right. Yeah, like I like that. Yeah, five yeah nice. Each sport. Yeah. So then. You know, you get your gold medal in in one of the team sports, and that's the same as having of having topped the the medal table of the swimming. And yeah, yeah. yep. So I like it. That's nice, nice option. Adjust the data. It actually showed me that it didn't make that big a difference. Oh, really? And it okay. actually sort of does balance out a little yeah. bit. But yeah, um, when people complain about the number of medals there are for swimming, um, it's because they're looking at the medal table and seeing some uh, seeing a nation being high up there because they're good at swimming. Whereas I I I just tend to ignore the medal table and just look at the individual achievements. Yeah, yeah of course. I yeah. me
0: too. Really, because yeah. you. No, America's going to bloody win, or and Russia, or China, because... And
1: it's going to have a lot to do with swimming. But, uh, yeah, just don't worry about that. If, if got, if, I don't think the guy with, with, with six, seven, eight swimming medals is a greater Olympian than someone who might only have one or two because it's the nature yeah. of their sport that no, those aren't true. available. No, it's exactly um, right. And as, as long as you get away from that idea, then I can make my peace with um, someone being able to do four or five different events quite yeah. easily in a, in a I'm swimming I'm going to be guy. honest
0: with you as well. Mm. Swimming is quite possibly the most boring spectator sport on the planet.
1: I've spent time watching it on TV. TV is different from being there. I've, en- I've enjoyed it because of the graphics in the corner of the screen that are telling me what's going on. Yeah, and, and the and the, and, for, and the
0: black line under the water yeah, for the world
1: record. I thought, exactly, yeah, they're chasing yeah, that line. You can't see that at the pool. No, it's not, it's not even real, is it? No. Nah, no, it's not real. And, and I thought, you know, I'd like to tick that one off. I'd like to go and watch, you know, get to the World Swimming Championships. And I probably will do it because yeah. I'm a completist and you've got to yeah, do yeah. these things. But I do imagine that I'll actually, I might as well just go down to my local baths <laughs> and... <sighs> Watch people swim up and down. That's all you're seeing, isn't it? Really, it
0: is. And there's no atmosphere either. Really, there really isn't because
1: because of the weird echoey sound you've always got in a swimming pool. Well, that
0: too, but also because they're not huge stadiums. You're actually quite shallow in terms of viewing point. Right. So you you start looking. You can't see like you just say. You can't.
1: You don't have that aerial view. Yeah. No. no, That's
0: exactly right. So it's it is difficult to watch. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the most boring sport on earth to watch is barrel racing. It really is. It's people on a horse running, r- riding around barrels.
1: You've really only got yourself to blame for that, haven't you? Yeah, you, we drove all the way to gone.
0: Galveston in, in south of Houston to go and see that. Okay. And I didn't realise it's the national sport of Texas. And, national um, sport of Texas. Yeah, once you see three or four people ride a horse around some barrels, you've probably right. seen it all. But they will have hundreds and hundreds of entries into barrel racing events and they all do the same thing wow so you've seen 3 or 4 you've so you're seen there
1: them all more. day watching a, watching yeah watching barrel racing how many of the spectators were disappointed because they had assumed I think quite logically that it involves racing in a barrel which sounds fantastic yeah 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 you know, I d- think if you're down- Texan you know what barrel racing I guess is I so I don't I mean, think
0: there's many people from
1: outside Texas really care because yeah if I'd flown, in, flown there and turned up to watch you know someone rolling down a hill in a barrel I'd be quite disappointed yeah like that I? that's I'd a good option just be seeing someone slowly riding a horse around yeah. a barrel it's not the same at all
0: just look up barrel racing you'll, you'll <laughs> see what I mean straight off the barrel it offends me <laughs> Um, back talking about the Olympics, obviously in Tokyo, surfing's come in, uh, mm-hmm. sport climbing, skateboarding. Yeah. Uh, I think there's no, oh, softball and baseball are back. I know you're a baseball fan, they're but they're always in and out. And they in shouldn't out, be there. They? Shouldn't be that one. There's only three countries in the world that play. It's there's pointless. not too many. There's not too it's many. It's just for sure. stupid. Paris 2024: chess, squash, and something called billiard sports. I know that roller skating. As in, I think speed skating, not roller derby, which should be an Olympic sport, clearly roller derby should be. Hell yeah. Uh, Some form of uh, roller skating was, roller sports was going to come in.
1: How must squash feel to be alongside chess in the list of these poor sports that are still trying to get in? It's just ridiculous.
0: And now breakdancing.
1: Yeah. I mean, for completely different reasons, chess and breakdancing are
0: definitely not sports. Tug of War should definitely be back as well. No
1: problem with that. Yeah. I mean, talk about faster, higher, stronger. Oh, yeah,
0: tug of war is awesome as well.
1: Chess is a false foul of the very simple rule that if you can play it against a computer, yeah, then it's not a sport. It's it's an entirely. Oh yeah, I like that. It, good, well, that's good theory there. It's an entirely mental pursuit. Yeah, and and I'm often disdainful of, of things when I say they're not sports, and I get this tone of, of saying no, it shouldn't be included. I'm not saying that they're not worthy. And playing chess, you know, is hard, and the yeah. people who do it well are very clever. But no, that, I agree with you that that also applies to accountancy and baking. But that, you know, it doesn't make it a sport being no. difficult. Well, you know so- the
0: uh, you know the I think 1948 Olympics had uh, poetry and town planning
1: well you know gold it, medal
0: I've got a gold medal in town planning
1: back in the day the Olympics it was, might be 1920 by the way yeah, I think it was yeah, it I was after the war you're, defi- or something. you're definitely going pre-second world war yeah then. it might have um, been yeah. but it, was, it was when it was all tied in with the, with the world exhibitions wasn't it yeah. it was basically an expo and the, and they'd hand up medals for all sorts of stuff yep. but I, I'm sure within that at the time there were people going well these, this is the sporting part of the event and then the poetry and the town planning is going on and we can ignore that if we want to and and, and maybe that's the way it's going now and, when, and if they put in enough stuff like break dancing then you can just ignore it and push it to the side in the yeah. cultural section with ryth- rhythmic gymnastics and synchronized swimming synchronized swimming don't get me started
0: 1992 uh-huh solo synchronized swimming <laughs> it was an olympic sport an tubes
1: a- an actual oxymoron for yeah. an olympic sport it, it was that's unbelievable. solo
0: synchronized swimming and no joke i am the world's biggest sports fan i can tell you these things
1: that's just swimming
0: it, it- was just <laughs> swimming to music <laughs> Swimming to music. Unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to play this because uh, we're going to talk rugby for the time being. Excellent. This is uh, the world's newest Welshman.
1: Okay, you found another one, have Hi, you? Hi,
2: David Hasselhoff. Back in 2012, Wales won the Grand Slam. Now, we got two games to go. See, Scotland we. and Ireland. <laughs> then they're going to win the Grand Slam again. But... I want you all, everybody in Wales and everybody behind Wales, to think about beating Scotland. Put that in your mind first, and then we'll go on to Ireland. Come on, beat!
0: So that's the world's newest Welshman, David Hasselhoff, there cheering on Wales.
1: Suddenly, it all makes sense. About know. what? Well, because you know, you repelled the the, the Scottish, you, you got out to that lead, and then at half time, uh, Gatland must have said. Look, guys, we don't need to play rugby for the next forty minutes. Yeah. We just need to channel the half Yeah, we just need to stand out there and 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 somehow just just muddle through purely on the basis of chest hair and enthusiasm. Oh. And and it's worked. This 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 bandwagon jump from the um, states has, has pushed across the line. The
0: red shorts in Baywatch were no, you know. <laughs> It was, there was a reason why. It
1: all makes sense now, doesn't so, uh, it? So
0: we've, we've got the Hoff on board. He's uh, he's all over the Welsh rugby team.
1: So this will be the first Grand Slam since 2012, will it? Yes. It's been that long. And yet it'll be Gatland's third, I third. think. Third. Yeah. yeah,
0: yes. Uh, yeah. So um, 2008, mm-hmm. 2012. We also had one in 2005 under Mike Ruddock, who then quit. There you go. Now, we did beat Scotland. Game yes. of two halves, absolutely. Quite amazingly, Wales didn't uh, until literally injury time. Um, didn't have a kick second half. No, we didn't have the ball. No. Scotland were quite impressive, but um,
1: I like the comparison in the Guardian of the uh, Scottish attack to um, like uh, flies attacking a windshield. Yes, just just, just spattering, just yeah. just constantly no, running into that is. brick wall. The one the...
0: thing um, quite amazing about these Six Nations is Wales have played for one four, uh, no bonus points. No, that's right. No bonus points. And their defence has been absolutely phenomenal.
1: Mm. It, it was evident early on that, that it was grand slam or bust for Gatlin. That was almost the yeah, strategy. I think so. I uh, mean, you send out the reserves against Italy and don't even worry yeah. about getting the bonus point against them. But which is fair enough, because if you win all your games, then it's, oh, it's you, job done, it. isn't it? Um,
0: yeah, that's it's it's really really interesting the way they've gone about it. And um you're right, I was confused about the Italy game and they there was no cohesion at all against Italy. It was mm. basically go there, get a result, yeah. you know. Preserve what you can. I mean, don't forget they had a week off after that game as well.
1: Yeah, so it's not as if he needed to rest the no. players. I think it's more about getting get, getting depth into the squad, getting legs into the younger guys well, with the World Cup. Yeah, might. it is a World Cup year. Yeah. That's
0: the big thing, and that is the uh, that is the big crux of the matter. Um, mm. Really, at the end of the day, and I don't think England were too well. Of course, they were disappointed they lost to Wales, but realistically, it, you know, it's a it is a long run up to yeah. Japan,
1: and it's it, yeah, it was a disappointing game to lose. But this year, you say, well, as long as we're learning from it, then it's. Worth mm. taking the loss, whereas in another year it's 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 all about winning the Six Nations, and 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 we'd we'd probably be, be more disappointed. I mean, put it this way: if Ireland get the win in Cardiff, uh, which I don't think they will, but it but it's possible. Well, the, um, then England I mean, could they've
0: co- they've still got a sniff of the title, but I don't think Scotland are quite going to. I think I believe there's they've got three more injuries now this week, yeah. so I think they're going to yeah. struggle to beat England. I, so I'm,
1: I'm pretty confident that England will get another bonus point win at the weekend. Yeah, and if Ireland do us a favour. Then we will win the title, mm. but uh, it won't really feel like we, we, we won't be selli- celebrating that so much as if we'd actually won the Grand Slam and proved that we can. Yeah, get all no, these exactly teams. right. It's, yeah, it, it's all more about preparing for the World yeah, Cup, yeah. you know.
0: And and they did they came up short against Wales, really. Uh, mm. England did. It was uh, got it found was...
1: out a little bit. Haven't got quite enough ideas to, to, to make good use of all these skillful players yeah. th- that we've got. You've got to have the strategy behind it. You've got and, to have two or three different plans, haven't you?
0: Yeah. Or in England's mm. case. Uh, th- Two or three different Pacific islands, where they can steal a lot of
1: players from. Yeah, well, I mean, we we really turned on the style with uh, T.O. Tulagi <laughs> and Cockinah Singer at, at, at the weekend. Um, yeah. al- although, uh, you know, you've got to take these on a case by case basis, and Cockinah Cock Singer does sound like he should be on East Enders, so he's definitely one of ours. He's, he's, his dad was in the army; he's an English lad. The other two, not so much.
0: Yeah, no. um, and you've you've stole the two Welsh boys. Well,
1: well, that's right. Yeah, Um they could also play for Tonga, and that's what I'd really love to see. When I see us stealing these boys, I think these these Pacific Island nations would have fantastic teams if we stop nicking wow. all their players. But yeah, I'm I'm fully I'm fully, well, that's I'm not fully just aware that that's
0: New Zealand and uh, Australia as well. Everyone's
1: doing it. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm aware that the Vunapolas could easily have have, have cho- chosen Wales. Quite oh no, they. they
0: and, Played for Wales in their in their youth, yeah. so uh, it's quite interesting. And uh, obviously cousins of uh, oh, Talupe Falatau, right. that Welshman from uh, right. Ebbw
1: Well, he'd have been directly competing with with Billy for the for the Welsh number no. eight shirt, I suppose. Uh, essentially, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's why Billy thought, "No, I've got more yeah. chance of getting in the England team <laughs> with the, with the amount of depth the Welsh back row no, got at the moment."
0: It. Anyway, we have uh, got a special guest guy. He's been a star of the latest guinness six nations commercials it's been a great story i've known this guy for about uh well, four or five years i ran into him in uh, durban on the line hopefully if this is working properly and i hopefully it is we have got one of the special stars of this year's six nation campaign apart from the welsh team <laughs> his name is Mr Gareth Reese, and he has been the star of the promotional campaign from Six Nations sponsors Guinness and uh, what an absolute story and what a breakthrough it's been Gareth is quite well known actually around the world because he was England under 17's coach I believe and a lot of the players have come through the playing for England now came through Gareth junior setup so Gareth thanks for joining us on 365 days of sport if you're there
3: how are you
0: boy oh, oh there you go
3: yeah, I'm there good stuff
0: so <laughs> um how's how has your life changed this year with this all this media
3: attention uh, yeah it's changed quite a lot in fact uh, and and strangely so you know um never at any point when this whole uh, story was sort of promoted slightly by Di on a local Ronda uh, Facebook page. Did anybody envisage that uh, suddenly people would be giving me lots of grief on Facebook and Twitter? Supposedly, friends saying they're fed up of seeing me.
0: Oh, that's true. I'm sure your friends are yeah. fed up of seeing you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been remarkable, to be honest. Yeah,
0: well, um, I mean, one of the very special things we just talked about Wales, England just now is uh, you actually did the coin toss between Owen Farrell and Alan Wynne-Jones and uh, I couldn't believe when I saw it when I turned on the TV. <laughs> it was,
3: yeah, um, part of the... Uh... The package that Guinness have uh, put together for us. We had a a changing room tour of the Welsh dressing room. We then went to the coin toss. I handed uh, the coin over to Jaco Piper. The boys did their business. And then they gave me the coin as a memento of the day.
0: Yeah, I've seen it on eBay. Believe it or
3: not... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going on, don't worry. And uh, then, believe it or not, we were given the honour with both my children, Yestin and Kerry, to carry the Six Nations flag onto the pitch uh, and be present on the pitch when the anthems uh, were sung, which, again, was quite an incredible experience.
0: Yeah. Now, if you don't know the story for all our Australian listeners, uh, Gareth and his brother, David, Diaries. basically their mum passed away, Olive, uh, a few years ago. And in the... uh, last will and testament is she basically made gareth and die go and watch wales for the rest of their lives doesn't matter where they're playing in the world these guys go out they have a great time they drink and drink and drink the lily the pink and uh they absolutely just live the life and uh, what a life it is and uh deservedly so
3: yeah, I mean, we do travel. Uh, you know, we f- we first met each other the day after a very poor performance by Wales in Durban. dyer has been out to Japan watching. I went to New Zealand and caught two of the games on the last Welsh tour out right there. So yeah, we are pretty committed, uh, I'd have to say. And uh, you know, this came along and uh, Guinness offered us the opportunity to be part of it, and so uh, it was difficult to turn down, particularly when we, you know, we met the people concerned who looked after us and uh, did things in a fantastic way.
0: Now, like I said, you are quite a highly respected rugby coach. I know you coached England youth uh, set up and you you spend a little bit of the year in Indiana as well coaching the the Americans over there. How have you seen this year's Six Nations and uh, why are Wales kind of uh, this kind
3: of unmovable force? (laughs) Actually... It's difficult to sum Wales up, you know. They've got to be defined by their incredible defensive performances, although the second half against England was far more than just defensive. I mean, as you were talking about earlier on in your programme, they not only nullified England's attack, completely, but changing the tactics from what people expected. They had expected them to sort of squeeze England and find space out wide, but they didn't. They actually kept hammering away in the middle, hammering away in the mid- middle, sucking England and drawing them out of shape and then scored two, you know, two good tries. So they are difficult to sum up. In fact, quite a few of the teams are England looked mightily impressive, but when it came against Wales, they didn't really have any alternative ways of playing. Ireland misfired in a couple games and although they were back to what something that we would expect them to be like last Saturday is that masked slightly by the fact that France have been quite frankly unpredictable to say the least and probably shambolic did that mask how good Ireland are but let's not underestimate them you know they are playing somewhere what we'd expected in the last few years so Saturday will be an incredibly tough game
0: yeah I think oh the one thing though (laughs) Ireland don't want to do is hand England the the, uh, championship (laughs) I think
3: (laughs) no certainly not Yeah, anybody but England, as the as the uh, well-known saying is. No, it'll it it will be very interested in Cardiff. You know, I mean. I do believe that Wales can handle the power runners like CJ Stander. They proved that by nullifying Billy Vunipola and people, people like that. And I think they'll have the measure of the little intricate runarounds that, uh, Johnny Sexton does. I don't think that's going to draw the Welsh defence out of shape very often. So, you know, I firmly believe that, uh, it will be physical and brutal as these occasions are but i genuinely believe that wales can can win maybe i don't know six to ten points oh
0: interesting interesting Let's, I mean, the bigger picture, obviously, we've talked about earlier, is the World Cup at the end of the year. So uh, keeping our cards a little bit close to the chest. I mean, it's and we, we played kind of a developmental team against Italy and, uh, you know, with the bigger picture in mind. We've got Australia in the in the same group, so that's always going to be tough.
1: And Fiji, not to be underestimated. <laughs> well,
0: we've been there before in France. <laughs> um, what do you think the long-term plan is? I mean, the game plan is pretty tight at the minute, isn't it? It's uh, We're a little bit one-dimensional at times.
3: It's interesting. I mean obviously Sean Edwards at the moment is very high profile and he believes that the battle of the breakdown determines the nature of the game and that's why Wales are at the moment exceptionally cute there you know they know when not to contest they know when they've slowed the ball down sufficiently how that allows the wider blitz defense to just shut off the outside space so they will build their game on that and there's a plenty you know there's plenty of evidence that defense has won many a tournament in the past attacking wise they've got to decide on how they're going to play I'm unconvinced because I do believe that Anskom kicks too early and his kicking is not consistent enough I do believe that a lot of the box kick that we've done is vulnerable because it's not consistent so we've got to decide if you're going with Anscombe, You know they've then got to decide the multi-layers of the attack and to that Josh Adams in a great place at the moment Liam Williams if he's fit in a great place George North unfortunately for me is a bit of a concern because although he is an incredible athlete he's no use if he's hiding on the wing and not getting involved in the midfield where we're going to have to be effective because we don't have a mass of huge ball carriers who can bust the game open
0: definitely definitely and if we're going to make an impact of the World Cup I mean that's exactly what you got to do is uh, break the line
3: yeah I mean you know we are one of probably five teams that have a genuine shout of getting to the final Oof. and then obviously if you're in a final you're always in with a chance they have definitely got to be contenders they're not under the radar no anymore mm-hmm. you know they are, they are well in the focus and so
1: they deserve to be I think he's just written off Australia there I'm just trying to Count those five. <laughs> <isn't it? Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you can never discount Australia. They have
3: a habit of coming very good in World Cup years. They do. There's no question about that.
0: <laughs> Nah, that's right. Hey, a Guinness uh, taking you to the World Cup? Are they uh, they splashing out for you guys?
3: There's uh, nothing been said on that front yet. Oh. Uh, it would be not, it would be uh, obviously something we'd look very seriously at. You've
1: done a lot of good work for them. But, it's it's uh, worth mentioning, I reckon.
3: Well, uh, yeah. Well, you know what dies like? He obviously mentions it to everybody.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: No, never never let self promotion get in the way of a good time. That's for sure.
3: No, absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, mate, absolutely pleasure having you on tonight thank you for uh, taking a little bit of time out say hello to everyone i know you've got a new grandson as well and uh he's big just hello woken up actually oh am <laughs> uh, well, so we scared him um i'll just let you know as well Gareth's son is uh yestin the best in reese the alpha male british wrestling champion i believe at the moment oh, as well wow. he is a big fellow yeah yeah he's uh, he won yeah
3: world of sport re-promoted uh, wrestling in the in the summer and he was oh. the uh, the tag team champions on that to, nice. for that TV series Thank beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's loving it he's, Very good. he follows his mother with his showmanship not me <laughs>
0: Yes, well, I hope he sings better than you as well because I've uh, I've witnessed that for myself.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. All right, Gert, well, thanks a lot. Hopefully, yeah. you'll have a, a good week and a massive, massive weekend in Cardiff. And Hopefully, me and the Hoff, we're both uh, really pushing the, the Welsh bandwagon and, you know, we do it from all four corners of the globe. So, uh, yeah. absolutely, I hope you have an absolute ball this weekend and uh, I hope you're drinking for the right reasons uh, come four <laughs> o'clock on Saturday.
3: Well, we'll have, we'll have a couple, but not too many, you know. we got to drink responsibility these days, <laughs> particularly at my age. <laughs> Take care, be Beautiful. To
4: speak to you. Hi, this is Toddy Goldsmith, and you're listening to 88.3 Southern FM.
0: And we're back. It's Southern FM. of Toddy Goldsmith, our biggest fan. She loves this show. Whilst we're talking rugby, I thought I'd switch to uh, an old friend of mine who I spent many a time in a bar with all over the world former Wales A, former coach, now BBC pundit amongst other things, Mr Sean Holly, who just happens to be at Cheltenham Races today. Hey Beefy. Sean, what's the atmosphere like at Cheltenham?
4: It's buzzing, but it's absolutely soaking, mate. It's pouring with rain. It's very (laughs) cold here in Cheltenham, but it's day one and everybody's excited. Looking forward to the first race, which is in about an hour's time. Nice. And uh, the champagne is flowing.
0: Uh, Cheltenham, obviously they normally get the four days of the festival about eighty thousand per day i believe uh three quarters of which normally make the uh, trip across the irish sea
4: yeah there's a lot of irish here today most of them will be rammed in the guinness bar today <laughs> and uh, various tents in the surrounding area because it is bucketing down and cold and so we're going to go for a lot of outside this today because the the going is very soft um yeah we hopefully win a few quid
0: <laughs> hopefully and uh what's your role today You just uh, there is a punter or are you looking after a few people
4: i'm the guest today of uh, a sports travel company called Bennett or Cheltenham based. they do a bit of work for them and we do Lions tours and I'm about to go on the World Cup to Japan with them with Shane Williams and we're looking after some Welsh fans so uh, looking forward to following Wales on that tour with the company because obviously the form is so good you know uh, the the expectations are high at home for for a good World Cup
0: yeah we've just uh, we've just been talking to one of the stars of the new Guinness Ed Gareth Reese, who uh, I think you two may have crossed paths in the past Um, yes we have yeah yeah and uh, he was saying the same thing. He's just, Sean Edwards has just become this guru of tight defence.
4: Well, you know, Wales aren't really playing that well, but they're defending superbly. know, they're very physical, they're very organised, and they showed against uh, England in particular, you know, that they were able to withstand powerful ball carrying of Billy Bonapola and co. And, um, you know, they did another job on Scotland, really, a physical second half where they kept them out. And they're going to need it again this weekend, Beefy, because they're coming against an Ireland team that is seemingly hitting a little bit of form, against France last weekend they will throw the kitchen sink at Wales and um, it's going to be a tough one but yeah certainly Sean Edwards who's leaving after the World Cup to go back to Wigan his, uh, his obviously rugby league home the prodigal son will return and, and we have to replace him in Wales because defence has been fantastic under him definitely
0: now you're going to Japan I'm sure people well you won't need any invitation but you will be taking your guitar I'm assuming
4: I will I will although Shane <laughs> Williams is uh, sick of my guitar having gone on the last two lion's tours with him um, but yeah I'll be I'll I'm learning my Max Boyce songs oh, and nice. uh, writing, writing a couple of World Cup ones, hoping we'll, we'll progress to the knockout stages.
0: Nah, very good, because uh, basically you're putting yourself in the shop window because there is life after Max Boyce. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I actually did a lunch with the other week and he was on top form. He's just on a sellout tour around Wales and um, he doesn't get his guitar out anymore. So uh, there's definitely a spot for me on the bill.
0: <laughs> oh, beautiful stuff. Now, what about yourself, uh, mate? Obviously, you're doing a bit of uh, sports travel stuff, but uh, you still punditing for various uh, rugby
4: outlets? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm still working for BBC Wales uh, on the international scene. I work for Premier Sports TV on the Pro 14 and a little bit for BT Sports. So I'm covering a range of rugby and really, really enjoying it, Uh, doing a bit of review myself, but also, you know, doing... Um, a few other things uh, in the wrong broadcasting. I, I wrote a, a broadcasting skills course called I Broadcast for young kids in schools, teaching them to present and interview and film, and, and that's really rewarding. So loving that. And generally, you know, just getting into a lot of events, hosting events, meeting great people. You know, it's a, it's a it's a difference from coaching. This week, I'll be working with Marlon Williams, Tommy Bow, uh, Sam Warburton, Jonathan Davis Shane Williams. So it, it, it's a good week, you know.
0: So I don't know where my invite was to uh, help you out with the I Presenting. <laughs> Course, uh, well, what happened there?
4: Yeah, well, it'd be great actually. It'd be good to see you, but uh, if I can bring some kids over oh, yeah? and um, and crash out and uh, spend some time, then we'll, uh, we'll hit the few beers. I can't keep up with you though, Beefy. That's the problem. See, <laughs> but
0: you don't have to keep up with me anymore, mate. It's uh, it's long gone nowadays. It's uh, long gone, mate. <laughs> yeah, um, tell me about it. So, uh, so obviously you're you're unfortunately going to work uh, Saturday, uh, but when that final whistle goes and uh, when Wales lift the uh, Six Nations trophy and a Grand Slam. Then I, I'm, uh, I'm thinking you might have a very big uh, Saturday night in Cardiff. Yes.
4: Yeah, that's fighting topy field. I will. I have, I have sort of restrained myself up until now uh, because of work. Sunday mornings, I spent analysing the game and clipping no. out things for the TV show Scrum Five on a Sunday afternoon, and uh, I'll have to do that this Sunday. But I'm more than prepared to do it with a massive hangover. Should Wales win <laughs> the Six Nations and the Grand Slam, so, oh. uh, I'm happy to do. It. I think the I think the Welsh nation would forgive my. Blurry eyes and croaky voice, <laughs> uh, if, if that
0: happened. I, I, I'm pretty sure nobody would be watching Sean, to be honest. Uh, if, uh, once if once the Grand Slam's done, it's all over. I think uh, most of them are still being Cardiff Rugby Club next door upstairs uh, with a lock in. <laughs> yeah.
4: You're right there. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find the streets of Cardiff will be paved with
0: bodies. Yes. yes. Well, mate, we'll let you get back to uh, the races and uh, studying the form guide. Hopefully, the rain will clear and you, go, you boys can get out into the Guinness Bar. I've been to Cheltenham races myself and uh, obviously St Paddy's Day is uh, Saturday so that's going to be an absolute big day as well I didn't didn't realise I've just, I've just realised it's Ireland on St Paddy's Day in Cardiff so uh,
4: yeah well they'll roll from Cheltenham into Cardiff on St Paddy's Day and um, we'll have to spoil the party in Cardiff that's for sure well
0: we were just talking earlier and I'm pretty sure the Ireland don't want to see England win the, uh, win, the win the Six Nations so a one point <laughs> loss or even a you know they'll, they'll be happy with that
1: Ireland
4: will take the win they <laughs>
1: won't mind doing England a
0: favour
4: Ha, <laughs> No, we we we'll work it out between us. That's what us Celts do, isn't it? <laughs>
0: that's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's just got we have just got to tell them about. It. Well, you know, they were number one in the world for a week. You know, they were favourites to win the World Cup very short. You know, for a short period of time. So that's their bigger picture. They don't have to win the Six Nations this year. They've got to concentrate on the World Cup.
4: <laughs> Absolutely, and it's going to be an exciting one too. But uh, listen, Miffy thanks for having me on. It's great to speak to you, and um, good luck with the show. And let's catch up soon, eh?
0: Absolutely. You have my absolute word that we will catch up. Is going to be an absolute cracker can't wait to saturday mate have have a ball and uh, make sure you catch up with david hasseloff for us because he's the the world's newest welshman as we quite as we as we know you know and we've got the Hoff on our side that's the bottom line
4: <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, boys. Take care there. Hi, this is Jeff Parlin and this is three hundred and sixty-five days of sport. Yes. Thanks, Jeff.
0: Melbourne Rebels, uh what, I don't even know what he's called, contact coach or something nowadays.
1: That's right, yeah. Uh we had one year of him in the team. You could tell he was uh, d- just coming to do one year and then moving to coaching. I-, I don't think we got the, the best out of him on the field, but we but we're very glad to have his, think, his, uh, his, his brain's in the back room now. Yeah,
0: I think his <laughs> body was a bit stuffed, <laughs> and you'll he'll, he'll probably tell you that as well. That's right.
1: Uh, actually went and played in Japan,
0: did a season over there. Just as a retirement uh, payday but I uh, spoke to Jeff uh, last
1: week it seems to be alright seems to be loving life back in Melbourne yeah well he's uh, certainly uh, got the team going well uh, yeah top, great watching the top Rebels of the league year. indeed three out of three that's long it. may it continue
0: can't argue with that but uh, hopefully the Australians won't get in uh, too much of a form before the World Cup as we've discussed
1: <laughs> that's right it's always that balance supporting a Melbourne team <laughs> you find yourself cheering for all these Australian players but then yeah. once they pull the national jersey on it's no a story.
0: Oh, no no. no. Uh, what about this Newcastle fan drives 110 miles to his mate's house just to shout (laughs) 3-2. Uh, Newcastle fan Dane that's all his name Dane just Dane <laughs> brought levels of pettiness to completely new levels this weekend when he travelled over 100 miles to let his mate know what the score was on Saturday afternoon uh, Rafael Benitez side who currently sit 13th in the Premier League secured all three points with one of the comebacks of the season at Shane James's Park Everton were 2-0 up after 32 minutes with goals from Dominic Calvert-Lewin mm-hmm. and Allison giving the away side a deserved lead but the determined Newcastle side came out in a completely different outfit in the second half with two goals from uh, Perez and a wonderful finish from Salomon Rondon, oh, securing an important win. St. James's Park was buzzing, but nobody was more excited than Newcastle's supporter Dane, who then travelled 110 miles to pay a special visit to his friend and Everton fan. Dane admits that he did text him after the game, but his mate chose to ignore him. <laughs> Hence, why he drove there to tell him in person.
1: So he didn't take the hint. The guy doesn't reply to the text, and he thinks, "I'm not going to let that go. I'm going to drive all the way." That, that is that is quite tragic. That's brilliant.
0: I mean, <laughs> you just that's only an English football fan would do that. And we talked about sports that aren't possibly sports, but what about this? Okay, top. Bridge player banned for doping. Yeah, no, I read, I read about this. With testosterone and fertility drugs, which is quite interesting.
1: Yeah, you'd have thought that that that, that, you, that you could form a rule where if drugs can't help you do well at a sport, then it's not a sport. And I would have thought that would apply to bridge. But then well, it turns well, out, well,
0: bridge actually went to the European Court of Arbitration a few years ago uh-huh. to actually get classified as a sport. Now, one of the reasons they did this is because uh, players were getting taxed on earnings. Uh-huh. And there's a special European rule if you get uh, Taxed on sport earnings, the tax brackets are far lower, hence yeah. why they got it classified as a sport. Because they got it classified as a sport, they signed up to WADA, uh-huh. and yeah. hence why their players now no professionals <laughs> get drug tested. Imagine being the WADA agent saying, <laughs> you, playing cards over there, you're coming, for, coming with me.
1: So this was a case where these drugs were actually seen as performance enhancing, were they? Uh,
0: n- not necessarily, but they were when against the WADA rules, uh-huh. so they were in effect they would have been performance enhancing in other sports it's, it's a prohibited substance prohibited yeah. substance that's right so uh, the World Bridge Federation says the world's number one bridge player has been suspended after filing a drugs test the Federation said that Gia Helgemo who is Norwegian but actually plays for Nor- for Monaco
1: oh, so even in bridge you've got you've, oh, got, yeah. what, you've got nations buying players yeah, from yeah, other nations right. and uh, flags of convenience unbelievable he tested
0: positive for synthetic testosterone and female fertility drug clomiphene at a World Bridge Series event in Florida last September after accepting and he had breached anti-doping rules. Helgemo was suspended by the WBF until November 20. He also had all titles, medals, and points from the 2018 World Bridge Series revoked. That's good to Revoked. Unbelievable. Karianne uh, Ospel, president of the Norwegian Bridge Federation, said the drugs were not performance-enhancing. In a statement on the federation's website, she said, "Geir Helgemo has previously played for the Norwegian national team and is our biggest star. Oh, I forgot to do the accent. Um, <laughs> many, within, many within the bridge community know Geir and respect him. It is his responsibility not to take." Substances that are on the doping list, even though in this instance they are not performance-enhancing in bridge.
1: Well, never mind the statement from the Norwegian Bridge Federation. There seems to be a silence from the Monegasque Bridge Federation. Oh, that's who right, are, who are very true. This guy to represent them.
0: Yeah, it says uh, this is a brilliant quote. I feel for Gear in this situation and hope he will come back stronger <laughs> when his ban ends.
1: Well, exactly.
0: He's going to come back stronger from those female fertility drugs. I
1: mean, I assume he's allowed to train in the meantime.
0: Okay. Oh, I'm sure he d- can do. <laughs> mind
1: testing i don't know how strict the rules are on that <laughs> well no i'm
0: su- i'm pretty sure uh basically you can just play bridge by yourself <laughs> against a computer probably tubes it's exactly yeah. hence it's not uh, a sport is, yeah. there,
1: is there any explanation as, as to why he was taking no nah, there is none um i do drugs.
0: know for a fact the top three players in the world are all norwegian and right? the number one, uh, sorry, the number two player in the world, I think, has also tested positive for drugs very recently.
1: Wow. So the, the bridge is bridge. a sport beset by scandal. Yeah, uh, let's hope
0: the uh, World Poker Federation don't test Warnie.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: That conv- oh, sorry, convicted drug cheat Shane Warn. Got to put that <laughs> in to there. Just give him his full name. Yeah, full title.
1: Yes. Yeah, well, I, I think there's a bit of karma there for bridge. I mean, when they wanted to be find a legal loophole where they can be called a sport for, for a yeah. bit of a bit of financial gain for their players, that mm. they should. Have been careful what they wished for. Um, and this is what happens now.
0: M- this is no joke. Me and Rob went to a bridge tournament in Canberra. Okay. Honestly, just for and fun. F- well, part of 365 Indeed. days of sport. Paul, yeah. uh, we did a video and everything. The Lavazza team from Italy came over for this tournament. The oh, coffee right. people, the actual Lavazza family, the uh, one of the Lavazza's is in the bridge team, and yes. they came oh, right. out and they were a ranked team, and they dominated
1: the the team from the coffee people. Yes, I see.
0: I'm not sure whether the coffee Lavazza coffee is performance enhancing, but
1: I'm wondering whether caffeine is on the list. Speed-infused.
0: Do you want some Iditarod news? Uh, I've got it. I've got it, Tubes. I've I've got it. I've been
1: wondering what's happening in the Iditarod. In the Iditarod, yeah. It started uh,
0: nine or ten days ago.
1: And there was a Frenchman actually
0: leading the Iditarod, which is quite interesting. I didn't know they were doing sled dog racing in France.
1: Well, they have to train overseas a lot, I'm sure. Uh, Or they've got the Alps. That's true.
0: And dogs, probably. And a sled, (laughs) no doubt. A French musher, because they are mushers. Uh, uh, Nicolap. Petit, uh, that's small Nick to his mates, oh, if you're much. English, yeah. Um looked like he was in solid control of the world's most famous sl- sled dog race and about to erase a year of doubts and second-guessing after a last-minute misstep cost him the 2017 title.
1: Oh, I see. So it's meant to be a redemption story it that was. we're getting here.
0: But then Monday morning came, uh-huh. and the dogs quit on him. The dogs quit? The dogs quit. A dog named Joey had been fighting with another dog on the team and jumped it during a break as the team was making it its way to the Iditarod trial sled dog race checkpoint of uh, Kuyok on the Bering Sea coast.
1: So it was infighting between the dogs. Between
0: the dogs, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, I yelled. I yelled at Joey. Oh, don't do that. And the accent, everybody you know. heard the yelling. And that doesn't happen, huh. Petty told the Iditarod uh, website. And then they wouldn't go anymore, anywhere. So we camped here. Several mushers passed Petty's team on the trail, erasing his five hour lead. Pete five Kaiser. Five hours. He was ahead by five hours. And, and he, he lost all that. Because the dogs were fired. Oh Pete, my word. Pete Kaiser, the Kaiser, friends Beckenbauer of Iditarod Racing <laughs> of Alaska, was the first musher into Koyuk. Followed an hour later by defending champion Jor Ulsom of Norway. Norway, see
1: they're doing bridge, they're yeah. doing mushing.
0: Kaiser rested for nearly five and a half hours before getting back on the trail. Uh, the checkpoint is 827 miles into the thousand mile race across Alaska. It's a seriously long race. It's a big race. It takes about 12 days, I believe. Uh huh. And it's pretty cold. Well, yeah. Uh, Petit said his dogs are well fed. There's no medical issue keeping him from getting up and running. It's just a head thing. It's all about, it's in the head these dogs. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if one of these dog teams, Le Chien uh, teams coming by will wake them up at all. Uh, Peter uh, took issue with Petit's reasoning apparently. It's not the dogs who need to have their heads examined. It's anyone who supports this merciless race. Oh. Illness, injury or fatigue likely prompted Nicholas Petit to drop four dogs from his team, forcing the remaining ten to work even harder before they gave up altogether which he blamed on just a head thing that's uh, Tracy Ryman said that who's the Peter executive vice president see okay I'm not sure where she's from. I just thought... No, you I'd, just thought I'd be just, be the accent. I'd work my accent skills uh-huh. into this. Uh, uh, she also said that people have this idea that you can force these dogs to gnome, which is probably a place, she said in a phone interview. It's not like that at all. Uh, the amount of intuition and communication <laughs> and trust and experience you have with your dogs is how it all happens and comes together. And Nick Petit happens to actually be one of the best in the business at this. Uh, oh, Libby Riddles, who was the 85 Iditarod champion. Too, oh, back you, in 85, 85. Yeah. She was the first woman to win the race. Yeah, that was a yeah, classic Yeah, so that's what she was going on about. Uh, dog yeah. mushing is a fine art, she says. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, quite apart from all of the um, sort of animal cruelty issues raised there, um, sports that involve animals, Yeah. I, I do feel that if there's any skill involved by the people, it's just getting the animals to do their thing. You know, if yeah. you're a jockey, you've got to persuade the horse yeah, to run. True. So, so, little Nick, he's got one job, really. It's get the dogs to run. Yeah. And he seems to have singularly failed to do that. They, they're literally refusing to run. So, he's got a lot to answer for. That's what, you know, mushing is all about. Yeah, and, it is. And, he, and he's to do it it's the name of the game um,
0: Um, Riddle's also said that one dog that has a bad attitude it can infect the rest of the team yeah Um, I'll tell you about last uh, 2017 uh, for Nick Paddy he was in command of that race when he got off trail during a blizzard and lost the lead Uh, wound up finishing second by the Norwegian superstar of Iditarod uh, Olsen oh
1: yeah so he's going to be the bad guy in the movie this Norwegian Olsen
0: I think there will be a movie about this
1: definitely possibly with Adam Sandler in the lead role ooh Um, yeah but a real redemption tale So, so Know, he's had two kind of Devon Lock experiences with his with his Huskies here, and he needs to come back a third time and uh, have the real the real redemption tale where he finally gets across the line and 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 that like uh, it. And That's when Hollywood's going to come calling.
0: Um, cool Mushings, it's called. <laughs> that's the one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, major beer festival in Manchester faced uh, being cancelled after one day because the venue didn't have a booze licence.
1: That's pretty poor organisation, isn't it?
0: Um, brewery couldn't organise a, a piss-up. They really couldn't. Basically, uh, more than 1,500 tickets have been sold for the Friends and Family Beer Festival the upper, upper Kempfield Market off uh, Liverpool Road.
1: You can just tell it was a work experience kid who just had one job. You know, just get us the licence. We'll yeah, leave yeah. that to you while we take care of th- yep. everything else. And no.
0: Manchester councillor. Licensing law is not bendable for good reasons. But I'm trying
1: to find out what's gone wrong.
0: He said, uh, Pat Carney.
1: Another great accent from you, there. Uh,
0: uh, all over it. All over it. Uh, police informed us that Bacanfield Market is not, as we've been assured on many occasions by the managing agent acting on behalf of Manchester City Council, licensed for sale of alcohol. The attending police officer early in the evening, two licensing officers, a licensing solicitor, and even a nighttime czar. Nighttimes Tsar nighttime of Greater Manchester appear to have exhausted every option to allow us to operate in Upper Camfield Market tomorrow. If we ignore the licensing team and run tomorrow anyway, I risk an unlimited fine of or oh, six months imprisonment. Yeah, wow. fans, fans were upset by the turn of the events tubes.
1: I'm sure they were, and, and by the fact that there's a nighttimes Tsar. I, I guess someone's got to keep doing the Tsar job while the daytimes are. That's right.
0: I, that just it gets confusing sometimes with the czars <laughs> of, of this, Manchester. Of yeah,
1: I'm not sure exactly what what that story had to do with sport apart from just the integral relationship between sport and beer yeah so that's to, all you so, need so to know fair enough
0: yeah. fans there was fans <laughs> of a beer festival too so that's all you gotta know <laughs> if it's got
1: fans it must be a sport that's exactly right well mate we've flown through I've
0: really gotta thank you for coming in at short notice to fill in these wasters gaps that we've uh, they've left oh, me with
1: it's been great fun having a chat
0: yeah it's an uh, absolute pleasure
1: what you got coming up obviously you're going to the Grand Prix Yep, looking forward to Sunday afternoon at the Grand Prix and actually um, tomorrow going to get along to the launch event. Oh, yes, Um, Federation Square. Yep, so you don't have to spend um, two hours watching them go around in circles. You you can just see all the nice colours and all the the shiny cars and work out which guys from which countries are driving for which team now and get it all done in half an hour or so. So That's all you need. That'll be nice. And then, uh, obviously, I'll be keeping an eye on uh, the rugby overnight at the weekend. uh, Oh, yes. Fingers crossed that Ireland can do us a favour and we can uh, pick up another Six Nations.
0: No favours. There will be no favours. Uh, I myself have uh, cricket finals day on Sunday, so I can't go there the Grand Prix we uh, play in the 2020 league and uh-huh. it is uh, semi-finals at uh, 12.15 and the final at 3 so okay. we've got to get through the semis first obviously big day big day yeah the uh, yeah. south east swingers as we're called oh,
1: so they've got an overseas quota so they can have a former Welsh international cricketer. Yeah, um, in the, in, the in fact line most
0: of us are all overseas right. I think six of the uh, six of the squad are from Wales England oh, I see yeah so it's not bad we should, we are defending go go. champions by the way we did uh, pull off a miracle Rather to win the whole thing last, last season
1: on the very best of luck to, to uh, do the repeat. We
0: love the swings. We've got to thank Masita, the best sportswear in Australia. Great quality sportswear at unbelievable prices. They're so confident that you will love their sportswear. They'll even sponsor your club so you can buy more gear. Check out their fundraising partners, myclubshop.com.au. You will be amazed. Two's you better make sure you uh, eat beef jerky on the weekend. It's the food of astronauts. I'll get it done. You should get it done. It's, there's a reason why it is so popular. After which, Wales are best of luck on the weekend because uh, if anyone deserves a Grand Slam in his last season, it is Warren Gatland. And from what Sean tells us, Sean Edwards as well.
1: Indeed. And if they are going to get it done, it might as well at least involve a try from Worcester Warrior, Josh Adams, who's been having a fine yes. season on the wing for. what him. a season. He's, yeah.
0: uh, he's been the fine of the year, actually. He's, uh, can't argue with that at all. Tubes, thanks a lot for coming in. It was brilliant. We didn't even ring Rob. Couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be back next week. But this has been 365 Days Sport. It's the greatest sports radio show on the planet. Thanks to Gareth Rees, Sean Holly, everyone else that joined us. We'll be back next week.